Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional, surprise, budget, micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you would never spend $30,000 on just one day, you're in the right place. Okay, so on today's episode, we are talking all about cheap weddings. And if the term cheap offends you, you might also call these budget weddings or inexpensive weddings or, I don't know, not a lot of cash weddings, whatever you want to call it. But basically anyone who's not wanting to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on their wedding day, you know, tens of thousands, whatever, I'm not going to put a number on it. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons why I struggle with the term budget wedding, because technically every wedding, you know, has a budget, even those wild millions and millions of dollar weddings that we hear about, you know, celebrities having often a villa in Italy or whatever it is, there's still a budget, like they still have a cap, they have a ceiling. So it's a little bit tough to say budget wedding, because that could be everybody. But I think when I say cheap wedding, you kind of understand (laughs) that I mean people towards the end of that spectrum. So this is me just saying, in case you haven't heard it before, it is 100% okay for you to have a cheap wedding or a budget wedding or an inexpensive wedding. It's okay to not spend $1,000 on your wedding or $10,000 or $100,000, whatever your number is, it is okay. It's totally, totally allowed. And I know that's not something we hear a lot in wedding media. A lot of stuff that we see on websites or on social media, the movies, TV, all that is showing how much you could spend on this day and all these things you never thought about, like artisanal lollipops and flower arches and, you know, special little coats to put your dog in for photos and things like that. There's so many things that you could be spending money on for your wedding day, but it's okay if you don't want to, or you don't have the means. It is totally, totally okay. You can still have a beautiful wedding and more importantly, you can have a really beautiful marriage. So the number that you come up with as your wedding budget should be realistic for your life. 
So don't just look at what the average uh, wedding costs. You know, you can Google the average wedding cost in your country or in your state or province, and they'll, you know, spit out a number of what the average couple is paying to have their wedding. And that might be helpful just so you know, you know, if I do have a typical wedding, what is it going to cost me in my area? That's great to know. And of course, you know, if you're in a place like New York City, that's going to cost a lot more than a small town in, I don't know, Tennessee or something like that. So those numbers are good to know for knowledge, but that's not how you should set your wedding budget. Your wedding budget should not be about what the average couple spends. It should be about what is realistic for you and your life. And this is something I really touch on in my episode, how to stay on budget for your wedding. So if you are setting your budget and trying to figure out how in the world you're actually going to stick to it, you know, for a year of planning, head back to that episode. Lots of good stuff in there. Um, And perfect if you are trying to do things on a little bit of a more inexpensive side of things. (laughs) So your number that you do choose should be really realistic for the two of you. And it's okay if you have other priorities. The fact that you're not putting, you know, the average $35,000 into your wedding day doesn't mean that you don't love your partner, that you don't care about each other, that, you know, you want your guests to think that you're trash or anything like that. It just means you have other priorities in your life, right? Like, so let's say you don't have that cash, you don't have that kind of money right now, you know, your parents aren't able to put up that kind of money. That just means you had other priorities. Maybe it means you went to school, maybe you bought a house, maybe, you know, you're just from a family that's not well off. Your your parents weren't able to put thousands of dollars aside for your wedding because they were too busy working or, you know, putting you through school or spending time with you. You know, whatever it is, it's it's okay. And that's not something that you should feel bad about or guilty about. Um, I'll get more into this in in a little bit, but you know, no one's judging you and your wedding, at least not as much as you think they are. It's not, you know, that horrible show for weddings where they have three brides go to another bride's wedding and they spend the whole time literally judging and rating and ranking her wedding. That is not what's happening. (laughs) Nobody is coming to your wedding with the plan to judge you. So let that go. Let go of any guilt or any um, negative feelings you have tied up with this number that you've set. Because if that's the number that's realistic for you and your partner, and it's the number that's going to allow you to, to still, you know, eat and have a roof over your head after your wedding, then that's the right number. Um, And that's really important. Another thing I want to say sort of on this whole, you know, it's okay, judgment-free topic is that a lot of people will say, okay, your wedding is the best day of your life. And, oh, you're only going to get married once. You know, we see a lot um, on shows like Say Yes to the Dress when girls are picking out their wedding dress. It'll be, oh, come on, it's it's your day. It's You're only going to have one. Like, oh, up the budget. Come on, you can do it. Or, oh, you need more bling. Oh, that's going to cost, you know, $5,000 more, whatever it is. And I really struggle with this idea that your wedding day is going to be the best day of your life. Because if that's truly the fact, if you're going into your wedding day saying, oh my God, this is going to be the best day of my life, isn't that kind of depressing? Because basically you're saying, this is it. I've peaked. This is the apex of life. And everything after this, including the marriage, is going to be worse. That's That sucks. <laughs> Personally, I don't ever want to know what the best day of my life is going to be. Because, you know, maybe it was 10 years ago and it's just you know, crap from here on out. Um, I like to think that it's, you know, it's always right around the corner and every day could be the new best day of my life. And I wouldn't want to hang all my, you know, hopes and dreams on this one wedding day that's already going to be filled with, you know, a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. And to also try to make it live up to this best day title is, 
is a lot. It's a lot to put on one day, and it's also a really sad outlook for your marriage. And more importantly, it's not a good enough reason to ruin the rest of your life. So if you are saying, you know, you're hearing from people, it's your day, it's going to be the best day of your life, you only have one wedding day, up the budget, buy this, buy that, spend more. Um, and that's really going to make other parts of your life challenging, then you kind of need to step back and say, you know what, like, I love my partner. I can't wait to marry them. I am having this wedding, but my life is more than just this one day wedding. And wedding is not a good enough excuse for me to go into debt or max out my credit cards or be paying off these things I don't care about for, you know, years and years and years or to take out a loan or maybe even, you know, maybe you have a rough relationship with your parents and asking them for money isn't an option or, you know, maybe they put some money in and you've realized um, the way the money is affecting your relationship is not healthy and you kind of need to say, you know what, there are some things that are more important to me than all this money and stress and whatever that's going into this day. And it's okay if it's not the best day of my life. And even if it is, you know, if we look back and it happens to be, that's not a good enough reason to, to really go into debt and to take out money or loans or whatever it is that's, that's making you uncomfortable. So bottom line, it is okay to spend less on your wedding, to be cheap, to have a budget, to not put all of your time and money and resources into this quote unquote best day of your life. So my second point on this topic of having, you know, a cheap wedding is that it is okay to price shop. I know in, you know, social circles, um, in North American culture, at least, it's not okay to talk about money. Um, people are, you know, really quiet about this. You don't know, like, I have no, no idea how much my girlfriends make at their jobs, how much debt they have or savings or things like that. It's even common in a lot of couples to not know, you know, how much your partner makes or how much debt they have, um, which is something I definitely advocate against. You should absolutely be having those conversations with your partner well before marriage. You should know how much they make, uh, how much debt they have, if they have any, loans or outstanding, you know, credit card payments or car payments or student loans or, I don't know, a secret house and family in Bora Bora, whatever it is, definitely have those conversations ahead of time. But back to the wedding, it is okay to price shop and it is okay to ask for prices up front. I think we get into these really polite um, situations where we are nervous to ask for those numbers, you know, especially if we found, you know, a florist on Instagram and her work is so beautiful and three friends recommended her and she's just so sweet and you have a Zoom call and she's the most lovely and she was showing you all these gorgeous photos of, you know, flower arches and greenery and centerpieces for your wedding. But, oh, you don't want to talk about money. It's kind of awkward. Like, yeah, it might be a little bit awkward, but it's reality. You need to know those prices and it's okay to ask for them up front. I know a lot of vendors don't share prices up front. They don't have it on their website. And the reason being that, you know, oh, we don't want to scare people off with those numbers. We want to talk to them and explain where the numbers come from and show our value and, and, you know, oh, we can customize them. There's no one number for everyone. Okay. That's great. I get it. And it's tough. It must be very tough when you are trying to sell, you know, I don't want to call anybody out, but the other day I was looking at a service for live streaming a wedding. And this was a company where uh, they don't provide anybody on site. They don't provide cameras or tripods or anything like that. Mics, none of the tech equipment. All they have is the online service. So essentially, you know, Zoom or Facebook Live and somebody will, um, you know, moderate it for you on the other side. So basically 
I could do this for free with <laughs> Facebook or Zoom and my brother. Um, but this company will do that for you. And their packages started at $350 up to $1,300. $1,300 for someone to live stream my wedding, but I have to provide the camera. <laughs> like I could hire an actual videographer for that price. So it totally blew my mind. Um, but I will give this company kudos. They had those numbers right on their website. So I get it. If you're trying to get someone to spend $1,300 on your video service with no video, <laughs> with no video camera, maybe you do want to talk to them first and sort of, you know, explain your product and all that. And I'm sure it's great. And I'm sure there's people who have paid that price and we're super, super happy about it. Um, but it's also not realistic. You know, I think it's, it's okay to say that, you know, wedding vendors are very talented and they have amazing services and products and offers, but it's also okay to say, Hey, I only have $500 to spend on florals. If your packages start at a thousand, please don't waste my time. Like we don't need to email back and forth. You don't need to send me a video and, you know, photos from your last 10 weddings and DM me on Instagram. Like, let's just be honest. You know, if we're in the same ballpark, awesome. Let's chat, but Hey, I'm on a budget. This is my realistic price. And, and if you can't meet that, then you can't meet that. And I think there's also some hesitation on the couple side, you know, not wanting to say their budget out loud, um, thinking that, oh, you know, if I if I don't tell them my number, maybe they'll say something lower. I don't think it's quite as sneaky as all that. Um, I've shared before that, you know, I do some online work for wedding vendors. And in my experience, none of them have ever heard a couple's budget and then upped their prices just to meet it. I mean, they might have add-ons and services if you really did want to spend, you know, up to your max floral budget, they, they can help you get there. But I've never heard of a vendor who, you know, waits until the couple says, oh, I'm going to spend, you know, 500 on florals. And they go, oh, what a coincidence. This one bouquet I have is perfectly $500. Like, that's not how it works. Um, so don't be afraid to say your numbers, to ask for numbers. And if vendors are, you know, beating around the bush and not wanting to share, then maybe that's not the vendor for you. Because I think that transparency is super important. And especially in this day and age when it's not um, so easy to go around and shop, like actually go from store to store, you have to do everything online. And it should just be simple. Like <laughs> couples, especially couples planning weddings in COVID times are dealing with a lot. And the last thing they need to do is hunt around a website to find a contact form or an email address to then do, you know, 10 emails back and forth before they finally realize that the calligrapher is out of their budget, right? Like, let's just put those, put those numbers out there. And it doesn't mean that you don't value their work and that you don't think, you know, their calligraphy it's beautiful and amazing. And sure, it might be worth thousands and thousands of dollars, but it's not worth thousands and thousands of dollars to you. And that is okay. It's totally okay to walk away from things that you don't think are worth it for your wedding. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you hate the vendor or you think less of them or anything like that. <laughs> My next point on this subject is that you don't have to justify your wedding or your budget to anybody else. You don't have to explain it. You don't even have to share it. That can be a number that just you and your partner know about or you and, you know, whoever else is involved in paying for the wedding. That might be parents or, you know, other family members. But you really don't have to broadcast that number um, and you don't have to justify it. I see in so many of these wedding planning um, Facebook groups, people saying, oh, you know, I just bought my dress for $200, but it's only because I had um, an extra student loan payment I had to make and it was on a really good sale and my mom thought it was pretty, so so I didn't want to disappoint her. You don't have to do any of that. If you want to spend $200 on your dress, spend $200 on your dress. Who cares? <laughs> like, If that's the dress you want and that's the number you're comfortable with, then that's amazing because it's your wedding. So you should 
should be doing exactly what works for you. And you don't have to explain or justify that. And I, I find myself falling into that trap all the time whenever I talk about parts of our wedding that are a little bit more unconventional. You know, the fact that we're not going to have a wedding party. I was just recently um, leaving this comment, you know, explaining about it. And instead of just saying like, oh, yeah, we decided not to have a wedding party. I felt the need to say, oh, it's just because it's a really small wedding. And we thought it would be awkward to have people up there with us. And my best friend lives on the other side of the country. So she couldn't be there. And like, I didn't need to get into any of that. We didn't want a wedding party. And honest truth, even if we had 200 guests, and they all lived locally, I probably still would not have a wedding party. This is just not my thing. I'm not interested in it. I think it creates a lot of unnecessary drama and expenses, and I don't want to rank my friends, and I don't need to explain any of that. I can simply say, I don't want a wedding party. And the same can be said for you for your budget. You know, if you have decided that, um, I don't know, a cake isn't in your budget, that's fine. Just tell people, hey, we're not getting a cake. And if they push, you can say, it's not in the budget. And that's it. You don't have to explain that, oh, we hate cake. You know, we really just wanted donuts or, oh, cake, you know, cakes are silly or, oh, we're going to get this really tiny one from Costco, whatever. Just you do you and don't feel the need to explain it. And especially if you do have the money. And I think this is a very um, maybe niche market of the budget wedding planners um, or, you know, cheap wedding planners, whatever you want to call yourself, are people who, who do have the money, who could spend more on their wedding, but choose not to. And I think that's such a valid choice. Um, I think it's totally fine if you're not spending the max amount available to you on your wedding. Like if you are not putting every penny that you've saved and every penny that your parents have saved into a wedding, and you're choosing to spend less than that just because that's what you want. And I think that's probably the category I fall into. You know, I've shared before in previous episodes that we're hoping to spend, you know, less than 3000 maybe max 5000 on our wedding. And we could spend more than that. Not, you know, not a lot more. I'm not rich or anything. Um, and our parents don't have money put aside for this. So, but we could spend more if we wanted to. But we don't want to. And it's not because we don't love each other and we don't value our relationship or marriage or our wedding. It's just we don't think that putting more into that wedding is going to make us happier. It's not going to mean more for our marriage. It's not going to affect the guest experience. That's just the kind of wedding we want. And we wouldn't be comfortable spending you know, more than $5,000 on that day. Even $5,000 is, is kind of tough. Um, so I think that's a really interesting position to be in when you, you have access to more money if you wanted to, but you're choosing not to spend it on your wedding and feeling the need to justify that. Um, for example, when we went shopping for my engagement ring, which I talk about in a previous episode about how to talk to your partner about proposing, um, we were in the store and I had already decided that, you know, I really didn't want my partner to spend over a certain amount and it's much less than <laughs> most people spend on engagement rings. And I also decided that I didn't want a diamond. Um, I knew diamonds were more expensive and, you know, personally, not my taste. I don't really love uh, the look of them. Definitely was not interested in real diamonds. I, you know, lab created maybe, um, but I wanted something colorful and fun and interesting and unique and, you know, cool shapes and cool gems and at a cheaper price point. So, you know, we went in, we let the sales associate know, hey, we're not looking, you know, we're looking for gemstone rings. Can you show us where they are? We chatted a little. Um, she found out it was for an engagement and she goes, oh, you know, we have diamond rings too. And we said, no, thanks. We're looking for gemstone rings. She's like, oh, you know, we have payment plans. You can just pay whatever, you know, $500 a month and there's no interest and blah, blah, blah. And a part of me was a little bit offended. Like I kind of wanted to say, no, we can afford a diamond. We just don't want a diamond, which is silly because <laughs> that lady doesn't know me. I don't know her. I have no reason to um, have to justify my choices to her. 
but I almost like felt offended. Like she thought, oh, we can't afford diamonds. We're not diamond people. And I think that's something that a lot of couples get caught up in, in wedding planning, you know, having to sort of keep up with the Joneses or, or keep up with expectations, especially when they're being put on you by, you know, friends and family, but also strangers, wedding vendors. You know, when I was trying on dresses, um, you know, at one point, one of the associates was like, oh, but it's going to look so much better when you put on this veil. And I was like, I'm not wearing a veil. Like, I had no plans to wear a veil. I certainly wasn't going to buy a veil there. And it's just these expectations that are kind of put on us. And I think it's hard to push back against those and not spend all your time justifying it. But, you know, at the end of the day, with the veil, with the ring, that's just not what I value, not what my partner and I value. And that means that we don't want to put money towards it. Even if we have the money, I would much rather put it towards, you know, a vacation or a mortgage payment or, I don't know, takeout for many, many, many nights instead of a diamond ring on my finger, because that's not what is important to me. So another thing I want to share is that just because you are on a budget or doing an inexpensive wedding or cheap wedding is that you don't have to DIY everything. I think often we confuse budget with DIY when, you know, we see those shows, oh, I'm a budget bride and here are the 45 Pinterest crafts I've got going and I'm making my own shoes and favors and centerpieces and hair and I'm doing my own makeup and sewing my own dress, you know, whatever it is, um, and personally, I am not a big DIY crafty person. I think I'm creative, but I'm definitely not the person who spends a lot of time, um, you know, crafting or putting things together. I definitely don't do anything in the sewing realm. Not my thing. And I think it's okay. I think just because you're on a budget doesn't mean you have to DIY everything. Because oftentimes when you start DIYing, you end up spending way more time on it than, you know, you would have if you just went out and purchased it. And uh, time is money. You know, if you spend 20 hours on centerpieces and you could have otherwise spent those hours uh, working or, I don't know, doing household chores and things like that, then that's that's money that you're sort of flushing away. So doing things on your own, DIYing it isn't always cheaper. Um, and sometimes it's just not the look, right? Like I think, um, not to say that DIY projects can't be beautiful, because there's certainly been some that are drop dead gorgeous. Um, any quick glance at Pinterest will show you that you can really do some beautiful things. But sometimes it does um, you know, depending on what you do in your own tastes, ugh, I struggle saying this, but sometimes it can come off a little bit tacky and, oh, sorry, <laughs> I don't mean to offend anybody. I'm not saying anything in particular, but just sometimes it really does look like a professional hand might've done that a little bit better. And I know, I think that's a big concern for couples on a budget who are having these more inexpensive weddings is that they don't want it to look, um, cheap, right? Like even if you are, quote unquote cheap with your budget, you don't have a lot of money to spend. That's not the look that you want. And sometimes when you get stuck in all of these DIY projects, that ends up happening because maybe you really shouldn't be, you know, hot gluing anything to your ring box or I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even crafty enough to come up with a good example. But all to say, if you love DIY, if you're a big crafter, if you've had a Pinterest board full of wedding craft ideas for the last five years, then go for it. You know, of course, um, be careful of your budget, be careful of your time, don't get stuck in a big, endless black hole of DIY Pinterest crafts. Please don't wrap, uh, rope in every person you know to help you, you know, maybe have one or two craft nights um, with your with your wedding party or with your family or friends or whatever, but don't make it this thing where people are staying up till, you know, 3am the night before the wedding to finish 
building a flower wall, not speaking from experience at all on that one. <laughs> um, but more importantly, if you're not a DIY person, that's okay. You don't have to be a DIYer to have a budget wedding. You can cut back. You don't have to, you know, get into that at all. And there's definitely ways to save money and stay on budget without crafting, <laughs> um, especially if you are afraid of things kind of going into that tacky realm. If you're not a proficient crafter, then stay away from it. You definitely do not have to do any anything crafty um, just because you're on a budget, which leads me into my next big don't. Don't compare. I think this is the biggest thing when it comes to weddings, weddings of all budgets, really, but especially if you have less to spend it can be so easy to get wrapped up in that comparison game, especially on social media. You know, I've talked a lot about these Facebook wedding planning groups and they can be great resources, lots of um, support and wisdom there, but they can also be really toxic. It can be so easy to get wrapped up in, oh my God, what's that person doing? And oh, she got that thing for her wedding or he's doing this thing and I got to do that. I got to go out and buy those. Oh, I didn't even think about, you know, bridesmaid proposal boxes, which Ugh, I could do a whole, ep I might have to do a whole episode on why those are completely unnecessary. But the number of posts I've seen about, oh my God, what did you guys put in your bridesmaid proposal box? Like, ugh, of course you can feel that comparison trap is just sitting there. You know, you're sitting at home saying, oh my God, I didn't even do bridesmaid proposal boxes. Now I have to go out and buy these boxes and put all these things in them. And there goes $300 on, you know, not even the wedding, but the pre-wedding, <laughs> the pre-wedding part, getting people to agree to be in the wedding. Um, and it can be even worse when it's, you know, friends and family and they're giving their input or judgment or posting things from their own weddings. And it's, it's so, so, so hard to not compare your wedding with somebody else's. And I, I don't even know that I have any good tips on how to, to not do that other than to just remind yourself that it is your day. And at the end of the day, if you get married to your partner, then that's it. You've done it. You've had a wedding <laughs> mission accomplished. You're married. That's the most important part. And the marriage, the marriage really is the most important part. It's okay if you don't have centerpieces or candles or a guest book or anything like that. You can do away with all of that stuff as long as you get married. That is really, really what is most important. And I think it's also helpful to remember that most people do not care about your wedding. Oh, sorry, don't mean to, you know, break your heart. But honestly speaking, no one is going to care about your wedding as much as you do. Absolutely no one. And most people attending don't care that much at all. Like they're not going to remember what chairs you picked, the centerpieces, the flowers, the greenery. They probably won't remember your dress, your music. They might have, you know, one or two memories from the day, five years from now, a funny dance that happened or something like that. But most often, those are the things that have absolutely nothing to do with budget. When I think back to a wedding I attended in 2016, I believe, it was my partner's uh, family member. And my biggest memories from that day are on the dance floor, a funny moment with my partner's late father and a bunch of the groomsmen. You know, they all got into this hilarious um, dance competition that ended up uh, resulting in the dirty dance lift. It, it got messy, but that is my favorite memory from that day. Um, and I couldn't tell you anything else. I don't know what people wore. I don't know what, what food was served. I don't know what the decor looked like. It was just that moment. And that could have happened whether they spent, you know, thousands and thousands on the wedding or just hundreds that could have been something that happened in their house on you know a, a Halloween party or whatever it is it didn't have to be a $35,000 wedding or whatever it was so those moments are the ones that you know your budget doesn't really affect um 
and things you really don't have any control over. So it's okay, you know, try to let go <laughs> of that comparison and know that there's always going to be weddings that um, cost way more than yours. There's going to be weddings that cost way less and that's okay. And you're not competing. It's not a game show unless you really are on four weddings then you know, I guess you are competing, but if you're not on four weddings, it is not a competition. It's just your day. All you need to do is get married. That's all that matters. And your wedding, really, it's no indicator of how great your marriage is going to be. You know, there's people who spend millions on their weddings, who get divorced six months later, you know, looking at uh, Kim Kardashian and whoever the first one was she married. Um, and there's people who spend, you know, a hundred bucks on just the marriage license and have been together for 50 years. So, it really is no indicator of how awesome your marriage is going to be. And that really is the whole point. Okay, I will start to wrap things up. My final kind of, you know, point on this whole, it's okay to be cheap. It's okay to have a budget. It's okay to be inexpensive. Is that if you are, you know, starting to believe me that it really is okay to not spend your entire life savings and go into debt for your wedding, then there are lots of ways to cut back. Literally, you can Google, you know, wedding budget tips, there's podcast episodes, there's magazine articles, I'm sure there's Instagram reels or whatever out there um, with lots of ideas on how to cut back literally every part of your wedding, there's a way to save money on it. Um, and just, you know, keeping in mind that you don't want to go wild with the DIYs. And that, you know, at some point, um, something will have to give either a ton of time, a ton of money, or just cutting things out altogether. So look at it really realistically. I think a good place to come from is obviously the guest list is a huge, huge, huge one. If you can cut back your guest list, that means cutting back on everything, right? Because you can be in a smaller venue, fewer tables, fewer centerpieces, fewer chairs, fewer meals, less alcohol, um, everything, right? Everything is related to the guest list. So uh, most wedding gurus, I guess, or whatever, wedding authorities will tell you that cutting back the guest list is the best way to save money. And from there, you just want to kind of look at your big ticket items. So what's costing you the most venue, food, drink, possibly your outfit, you know, if you've, um, if you're wearing a dress, those can really run 1000s and 1000s of dollars. So look at those big ticket items and see if there's ways for you to cut back. Um, or cut out completely, and then sort of work your way down. I think that's one of the other, you know, traps of that DIY is people go, oh, I'm going to save so much money by DIYing the favors. But like, could you just have cut out favors? <laughs> you definitely could have. Um, that's an option. So don't, uh, don't stress yourself out trying to save, you know, nickel and dime and save a few hours or, you know, a few dollars on something that's not really going to make a big, a big difference. I would start with the big ticket items if you're really trying to cut back. Um, and then just return to that wedding mission statement or wedding purpose, which I touch about more in my how to stay on budget episode, but the whole point of your wedding. So go back to that. What is the point of your wedding? What were the things that were most important to you? What is the you know mission statement of the day? Is it to join your families together? Is it to you know, dance all night? Is it just for you and your partner to celebrate your love? And then as you're going through your budget, you know, your list of all the things that you need to buy, look at those things and say, how does this help me achieve my wedding goal? So if your wedding goal is to, you know, have an awesome dance floor, and you're talking about um, florals for the ceremony, how does that help you have this awesome dance floor? It probably doesn't. So that might be something that you could cut or cut back on. Um, if your goal is to, you know, unite two families, then having 
I don't know, maybe a photo booth is super important to you because that's something fun that the families can all do together, but maybe a cake isn't, you know, things like that. It's totally up to you and it's totally individualized. And I think there are many, many articles (laughs) on the internet, podcast episodes, things like that, that would give you ideas of places where you can cut back and just, you know, just being realistic, going down the list, thinking about how that relates to the purpose of your wedding and just even, you know, your life really, is that something you actually care about? I have said before that I have eaten most of my meals on tables without centerpieces and have done so very well. (laughs) I've enjoyed the meals, I've enjoyed the company, have not missed the centerpieces. So that's something you could totally just cross right off the list. And, you know, maybe the only reason it was on the list to begin with is because it's one of those expectation things. You know, you compare people, you know, in the Facebook groups are dropping photos of their centerpieces and you're feeling like you got to stack up and what does your centerpiece look like? It might be okay just to skip it, you know, like maybe it would take you too much time to put together a DIY version, too much money to pay someone to do it. Maybe it would look tacky if you if you tried to do it yourself. So just skip it. Like nobody is going to miss a centerpiece. I promise you that. (laughs) So I'll share some of the ways that we're planning to cut costs for our wedding and hopefully this will inspire you, maybe give you a few ideas. So starting with the big one, the venue, we are planning to get married at a family member's house. So right there, our venue cost is $0. And I know that's not an option for everyone, but if you downsize your guest list, we're hoping for just 20 guests. Um, That really helps because all of a sudden 20 guests is, you know, that's less than we have for the holidays most year. So it's not unrealistic to have that in somebody's house or their backyard or things like that. Of course, if you have 150 or 200 or 300 guests, then you're really going to need um, a relative with, you know, a huge farm or something like that in order to accommodate. But if it's a small guest list, then you can start doing it at just, you know, someone's house, which is a huge, huge, huge money saver. Um, in terms of the dress, I talk all about that in my uh, plus size budget dress episode. So my dress ended up being a little over $500. My mom ended up paying uh, for the majority of it. And then for alterations, all I'm going to need to do is hem it. So I'm going to get out of that for pretty cheap. My partner is planning to buy a suit just off the rack. So we're budgeting a couple hundred for that. Um, for food, we're going to just be ordering from a few of our favorite places, uh, likely, you know, sushi and maybe tacos, things like that. So nothing crazy. We're not doing a big plated multi-course meal. We're totally skipping favors. We're skipping florals. As much as I do love fresh flowers, I really don't see the need to carry a bouquet just for our small little ceremony and then put it down. Um, I think I would end up taking a few photos with it and then not touching it again for the rest of the day. So I didn't, I didn't need that. We're not doing any decor. Um, we're not going to have a dance floor. So no DJ or band or anything like that. We'll just play music off a Spotify playlist. So, you know, we'll pay whatever it is, 30 bucks for premium or something. Um, how else are we saving money? Alcohol. We're just going to um, go buy a few cases of beer, maybe some wine, So, you know, not um, spending money on corkage fees or having anyone serve uh, the drinks or anything like that. And I think that's kind of it. I'm sure I'm missing a few things. Oh, you know, photographer and officiant. um, Those are important. (laughs) I do have some hookups in the vendor world. So I'm hoping to to use those and get a little bit of a discount. Um, I think photography is probably the only one where we would be putting in a little bit more money. But even then... Uh, nothing outrageous. I know lots of people can spend tens of thousands of dollars on photography. And for me, it's just not worth it. That's not where I want to put my money. 
Um, I think that's all the the major price points for us. I'm sure I'm forgetting some. And I am planning to do a post-wedding episode where I break down, you know, dollar by dollar how much we've actually spent on everything. But uh, looking at it, sort of the spreadsheet we have going, it's coming in at around 3000 right now. And that's where we're hoping to stay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it. And I hope I gave you some confidence in your decision to stick to your budget. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and review, subscribe so you don't miss the next episode, and please tell a friend. And remember, the amount of time and money you spend on your wedding has absolutely no bearing on the happiness of your marriage. 